trade deadline. We're back, baby. Thank you. Welcome to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Matthew Coca and I gone for a couple weeks. Thank you so much for engaging with us and listening to the mailbags and the sit downs we did. But we are back live. Major League Baseball's trade deadline just occurred. And don't come here for a recap where I'm going to give you up to the minute results of who is traded where. You can get that on Twitter, on X, whatever, if you're on X, whatever you want to do. We've got quite a few subjects to discuss related to the deadline. But before we start, two things of note. One, yesterday evening, earlier this morning, Dan Lebitard's brother, David Lebitard, passed away. Dave Lebitard, a well-known artist, not just in Miami, but nation and worldwide, brother of Dave Lebitard, son of Lourdes and Gonzalo, an amazing, amazing man, died way too young at the age of 50. And I wanted to send along my condolences to the Lebitard family. We love you. We love Dave. And uh, it has been a tough, bad day. Dan did a show, and if you have not watched how his local hour started today, you should watch it. I did a show the day both my father and my sister passed away, and it is not easy. And what Dan did and the way he was able to try to express his feelings as he was feeling them, it was quite something. Dave, we had some fun times. Wish we could have more. Switching completely. There's no way to transition. This is not just the trade deadline day. We have a major announcement for all fans of Nothing Personal. Finally, here we are. We've done almost a thousand episodes and guess what? It's merch time. We've got a website. We've got a store. Get ready. It's live right now. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. Go to it while you're listening to the show. Bring up another window, David Sampson. And if you want to put a P in it, I bought that one too. So if you put in davidsampsonpodcast.com, you're still going to get to the right website. And our store is just starting. You can use a discount code. You can sign up, get merch, get ready. Coke is working on some unbelievable new designs. We're going to unveil stuff and we're going to interact. You can sign up and we're going to do a newsletter. It's going to be fun. You can get clips. It's davidsampsonpodcast.com. It's live, just like we are. So the trade deadline is now three minutes past. Guess what? There's still trades going on. Did you know the trade deadline is not actually the trade deadline? Did you know that we used to have an intern and they had one job? on deadline day. Well, of course you got to get the pizza because you're in the room. You meet on deadline day. You meet at eight o'clock in the morning. You sit there from eight o'clock to six o'clock all day. And whenever the deadline is 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. It used to be there's some deadlines 11.59 p.m. It used to be and front offices said that's absolute horse hockey. We don't want to sit there that long. So you get pizza brought in and you get coffee. Don't drink it. You get soda. You get things under the table, whatever you're doing. But there's one intern and guess what? They're on the phone. I kid you not. They're on the phone with the commissioner's office. The way the deadline works is that you've got to get the trade called into the commissioner's office. 
And you know that if you've got the commissioner's office and they assign different people to be available, if you've got them on the phone and it's 602 Eastern or 603 or 604, they say you're good. 622, no good. 704, sorry. 812, no chance, toilet pants. But 604, like we are now Eastern, there could still be trades being announced. Go to Twitter. We got to talk about something that happened yesterday at the deadline. And it's the biggest story of today. The New York Mets to me by far and away. And it's not that we do market research, maybe, where we say we got to talk Mets, we got to talk Yankees, we got to talk Dodgers. I love talking Cardinals. I love talking Brewers and Marlins. But when the New York Mets are selling, that's going to be a story. The New York Mets, the top payroll in baseball, the $350 million Mets, the team that's paying a luxury tax higher than the Oakland A's payroll, that Mets. The team with an owner who said, we're going to win a World Series in the first three to five years. If we don't, it'll be a disappointment. Those Mets. The team where the owner had a press conference on an awkward chair where he said, hey, we may be sellers. Let's see how we perform. That really got the troops motivated. There is no one busier today than the clubby in the home clubhouse for the New York Mets. Now, they happen to be on the road in Kansas City, but the home clubby may travel. It may be one of the visiting clubbies. It may be one of the assistant clubbies. You take turns traveling with the team. But guess what? Coca, I just got notification. I kid you not, this is live. I get an email, or there's a special email set up, and we have an order. That means somebody just bought something on davidsampsonpodcast.com in the merch store, and I appreciate you. Thank you for buying a classic t-shirt. Thank you. I don't know what classic means, but it's not like Coke classic. Classic like an original t-shirt. So the reason why the clubbies are so busy is they've got to prepare new uniforms. You got to have 26 guys going for you. You got to be ready. It's like a full taxi squad sitting in the hotel. Where are they, Coke? In Kansas City? I think you told me that before the show but it's one in the morning where I was yesterday, so I'm a little fatigued. I think the Mets are in Kansas City. So they've got to have guys ready. Tommy Pham, Diamondback, see you later. You need someone on the roster. Scherzer, gone. Verlander today, gone. Who else? You're going to dress 26. Can you imagine if the Mets played the game, like, short, as though they'd gotten a bunch of red cards? Maybe they're playing with only seven guys in the field with no bench or basketball when they're doing load management. Hey, who's on the bench? It's dopey and snoozy. And so are the Mets really selling? I had said, and Coke and I had a debate earlier today, where as a Met fan, he was angry. And I said, don't be angry. Steve Cohn is being brilliant. Steve Cohn's getting rid, rid of Verlander and Scherzer, totally overpaid. Verlander was a panic sign after they lost to Grom, which they should have lost. You see that he's being paid not to pitch by the Texas Rangers. Get rid of the old guys. Keep payroll available. Bring in new guys, better guys. Because who you have, it ain't working. Can you imagine an owner willing to have the highest payroll who's also smart enough not to be delusional? That would be a dream for any fan base. 
Coca said, David, I'm telling you, something's going on here. Billy Epler came out and said, it's not a fire sale. And I said, Coke, who cares what Billy Epler says? I don't care. David Stearns is going to take over that team. Billy Epler is second man standing. He's not going to be in charge. This is a Steve Cohn run operation. They're getting great prospects. They got Ronald Acuna's brother. Luis Angel Acuna is a great player. They're buying prospects. Coca, they're using their money as a sword. They're trying to be the Dodgers. Granted, only one ring, COVID shortened season, but still sustained division winning. You gotta be in October to win a ring. Have a good farm system. The Mets didn't. Buying prospects is a very smart thing to do. That's what the Mets were doing. And so I'm pretty confident. Coke and I did a little bet, a Mortimer bet, that the New York Mets payroll next year is going to be more than $300 million. Coca is a no, I'm a yes. It's a Mortimer bet for a dollar. We're going through the debate and then all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. By the way, the orders are coming in. Thank you, keep ordering. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. Enjoy the merchandise. We will keep going. We're just starting here at Nothing Personal. You think we've been around for a few years? You ain't seen nothing yet. Ding, ding, ding. Phone binging. Max Scherzer. I've had my issues with Max. A mouthpiece for Scott Boris, injecting himself into the collective bargaining negotiations as though he were a lawyer. Love him as a pitcher. Hall of Famer. I'm not a shut up and dribble guy, but... Give me a break, would you? I was away and I got an alert that Scherzer demanded a conversation with the front office when David Robertson was traded to the Miami Marlins. I need to see where they stand. Screw you, you don't need to see anything. Goes in and meets and then he's traded to the Texas Rangers. And I'm still thinking I'm good. Steve Cohn's good, smart, everything's fine. Then Scherzer came out only minutes ago and told The Athletic, are we reloading for 2024? And Billy Epler responded, according to Scherzer, this is not admissible in a court of law. This is total hearsay. Hearsay means that someone else is saying something that you're using secondhand to prove the truth of what's being said. This is the definition of hearsay. For us to believe that Max Scherzer's telling us what Billy Epler told him and that we're supposed to believe it's true. But follow me. Billy Epler said, no, we're not. Basically, our vision now is for 2025 to 2026. 25 at the earliest, more like 26. So the team is not going to be pursuing free agents this offseason or assemble a team that can compete for a World Series next year? Max asked. And Max's mother responded, no, and it's still hot. Ah, that's a book reference. Billy Epler responded, no, we're not going to be signing the upper echelon guys. Does he mean Otani? Who else is upper echelon? We're going to be on a smaller deals within free agency. 24, this is the money quote, 24 is now looking to be more of a kind of transitory year. 
Holy shnikes. The Mets front office, David Stearns, soon to be, Steve Cohn, Billy Epler, they see the athletic go to print with this. Steam coming out of their ears, eyebrows on fire, clipped nose hair singed off, ear hair braided. Did their plan just get leaked? Or did they tell Max what Max didn't want to hear so he'd agree to a trade to a competitor? So they could get him out of there, get rid of him, get to Texas to get Acuna. I think Billy Epler may have been playing chess and Max Scherzer's playing checkers. Or did Billy Epler tell Max the truth thinking that Max would not say something? Well, that'd be a big mistake since Max is not good at saying nothing. Are the New York Mets truly reloading within the three to five year window where Steve Cohn said it would be a disappointment not to win a World Series? Is he tired of the losses already? Are the tax breaks not good enough for him still? They still exist, they're still fine. Is he channeling Bud Selig, who had a birthday just over the weekend, happy 89, Bud? Is he channeling Bud Selig who said, gentlemen, when talking to the 30 owners and 30 team presidents, you sweat every game, 162 games. You go to bed angry 70 times if you're a good team and you wanna write checks? What are you effing crazy? While drinking soda? Did Steve Cohn finally realize it's no fun writing checks? It can't be true. Is he opening up money to bring in Otani? Maybe he's waiting for Soto a year later. Does he have a plan that goes out more than one year? Let me be clear. The New York Mets can under no circumstance ever have a transitory year, ever. You don't have a payroll at $300 million or $200 million. What is their payroll gonna go to 150? It can't and call it a transitory year. I'm not buying it. Whatever Max Scherzer is selling, whatever Billy Epler said, I'm simply not believing that Steve Cohn while not an old man, is going to let a year of Alonzo, the final year before free agency, another year of Lindor, just pass like gas, transitory. And why does Francisco Lindor need to be the one to answer the questions? I didn't like this on deadline day. Let me tell you about deadline day. You meet with your team before your game the night of the deadline. The GM, the president, you're with the team. If the team's on the road, some people are back in the main office, some people are with the team on the road. You are meeting with your team and the message is clear. If you were buyers, you say, gentlemen, we did it, our job, now do yours. Bring us home, we have a third of a season to go. We're sellers. Gentlemen, show some pride. Be respectful of the game that we are all lucky enough to get paid to play or be a part of. You do nothing. Although all 30 teams did something. The Yankees just did a trade. So all 30 teams have now done something. So everybody either made trades, either bought or sold. Gentlemen, we did both. I like when teams say that. Hey, we're a buyer and a seller. 
we got better this year and next year. Yeah. The Brewers tried that with Hader. How did that work? You can't be a buyer and a seller. Which isn't to say you're going to see this all over when you when you read tweets and watch SportsCenter or whatever shows you're going to watch tonight. This team went all in. That team went all in. That team's fire selling. It's not necessarily all in. The Angels didn't go all in by trading for Giolito and not trading Otani as an example. The Astros aren't all in because they got Verlander and traded their number one and number four prospect. It doesn't work that way. But you meet with your team and then you meet the media. Our PR guy, PJ Leal, would never let the deadline pass without someone from the front office meeting the media, explaining what we did and why we did it, whether we bought or we sold. And we had the spin ready. It's not a fire sale. We're gaining roster flexibility. Retooling, not rebuilding. You have no idea the way you can wordsmith. But the players are also forced to speak to the media. Lindor faced the media and the Mets needed to have spoken to him and prepped him and give them credit they must have. Lindor was pitch perfect. The Mets repositioning he referred to as I'm on board. I signed up here to be on a winning franchise and they're trying to do what it takes to be a, sustain a sustainable winning franchise. Great. Lindor, the centerpiece of the team, what is he, Coke, a year two of 10 or a year three of eight, nine or 12 or 11? I'm sorry, why don't I have Lindor's contract in my head? He's the shortstop who signed for like $896 million for 22 years maybe. So he's in the beginning of his deal. You need him to say something positive. There are reports coming out now that Steve Cohn is on his way to Kansas City. Fire up the jet, Captain Steubing. I'm going to KC. There are some great rib joints. You can check out the Negro League Museum if you are going to Kansas City. All sorts of things you can do. Steve Cohn's going there to meet with the team. How do you think that's going to go? Here we go. Live on Nothing Personal. Go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. Get your merchandise. I want to see it everywhere. Gentlemen, Max Scherzer's a moron. I have no idea what he was talking about. I will never allow this team not to have a chance to compete for a World Series as long as I am the owner of this team. We are strengthening our farm system, but I assure the 26 men in this clubhouse right now that we want to win every single year. We didn't get it done this year. We're smart enough to recognize it. We weren't gonna chase Amy. The moves we made give us enough room to do whatever we want next year. And if you're with us, great. If you're not, fine. But just know what Scherzer said is wrong. And for those guys who are going to get playing time because we traded 14 guys, good luck. Do you think he's going to stay for the whole game or get right back on the plane and get out of there? I think you keep the plane engine on in case it's hot in KC where it can be very hot. Maybe... <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. Maybe he can tour some stadium sites for the new Royal Stadium. And he'll go and he'll look at the sites and keep, there's, there's an airport where the private planes can go that's right downtown, right near the stadium. You don't have to go to the international airport. Maybe he'll have the plane just waiting. He'll go meet and then be back to New York in time for a late dinner. 
or he stays for the game. And then what do you do? That's the problem when you're the owner. Total side note, Coca. When you're the owner and you fly to KC for the game, if you stay for the game, you can't leave in the third inning. And then if your team is down 7-2, you can't just get up and leave. I've seen owners do that. It's not good. Players notice that. Then you got to sit there the whole time. And then if you win, you go to the clubhouse and say, look, I told you we weren't sellers. Steve Cohn. Where's Andy Slater when we need him? Let's get a flight track for Steve Cohn's plane going to Kansas City. I'm just jealous. I admit it. They're paying so much of Scherzer's salary to send him to Texas. They paid so much for Verlander to go to Houston. If you're Jim Crane, you're totally Dr. Evil right now. Justin Verlander was on the Astros last season when they won the World Series. By the way, that was October. It's July, 10, seven, nine months ago. That's like a baby gestation. It's nothing from nothing to a baby. Boom, like that. That's how long Verlander's been gone and he's back. So the Astros said, we're not giving you $43 million a year for two years plus a player vesting option at 150 innings pitched or 140. Are you crazy? Go get that from Steve Cohn. All right, I'll do that. Justin Verlander comes into New York all happy. Kate Upton by his side. We're going to be New Yorkers. Yay. No. Right back to Houston. Except now Houston gets him and they don't have to pay the full contract because the Mets are paying like $36 million of it. $54 million of Verlander's deal. It's unbelievable. It's really amazing. Do you see the Tommy Pham of the Mets was in street clothes, poked his head in the clubhouse, said, see you later, Skip. Walked out right to Arizona. David Robertson gets a save with the Marlins. So that's the Mets situation. Can we talk about something else that happened today that is not getting enough attention? And I'm gonna try to stay calm. I'm gonna wipe a little sweat off the brow. It's very hot here. Maybe I'm overheated, maybe because it's 1.30 in the morning and I don't have any caffeine in me because I don't drink caffeine, but I feel good. Hey, another order. Keep them coming. I'm getting it in my ear every time there's an order, like click, click, click. It's like, like some sort of weird thing is going on in my brain. DavidSampsonPodcast.com, enjoy. Eduardo Rodriguez, remember that name? Signed that crazy deal with the Tigers, totally overpaid, couldn't believe it. Pending free agent now. Detroit Tigers, going nowhere. Eduardo Rodriguez negotiated in his deal a no-trade clause to 10 teams. The reason you do that is you choose 10 contenders. That's who should always be on your no trade list. Because when a contender wants you, you then have the leverage to say, hey, I'll waive my no trade clause to you, but I want a suite on the road, or I want an extra million dollars, or I want to be in a movie, whatever you want. The Detroit Tigers had a trade, not Michael Lorenzen to the Phillies, good depth trade for the Phillies, by the way. Eduardo Rodriguez was traded to the Dodgers. The Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, the Los Angeles Dodgers of Los Angeles. And Eduardo Rodriguez said no. 
He wants to stay in Detroit. Don't get me wrong. I like Detroit as much as the next guy. But the verb that we use in the front office is a verb that I'm going to teach you right now. It's a verb that is to Beltran. That's the verb. Players do the Beltran. That means you go to a team at the deadline, you go into the postseason with that team, you perform at a crazy level in the postseason, and you get a free agent deal the next year commensurate with recency bias, your postseason performance, where you get overpaid. It's brilliant to do the Beltran. Eduardo Rodriguez goes to LA, pitches them into October, order, pitches them into October, order, and then pitches well, and he could get an extra year, an extra few million a year. He could maybe sign a three-year deal, a four-year deal, go from 15 million to 20, 20 to 25. Who knows, he could be the MVP of the LCS. Let me be on record, because I'm not gonna get McAfee'd. Not getting canceled today, Coca. You're gonna have to show up to work tomorrow, 8 a.m. live, that's gonna be a regular episode. That's tomorrow in under 14 hours. There could be something, he could have a family situation. If he has a sick child in a Detroit hospital, all of those things could be true. And if they are, I take back order. I take back what I'm about to say. But if those things don't exist, listen to me now and hear me later. Do not sign Eduardo Rodriguez because he is not a winning player. If you don't want a chance to go get a ring, and you don't want a chance to better your free agent situation, then you are not a player I want on my team. Hard stop. Don't give me you don't like the commute to Chavez Ravine. Don't tell me you don't want to be near family, away from family on the East Coast order. Don't tell me any of that stuff. Giving players no trade clauses is a nightmare. Detroit now doesn't get back anything for Rodriguez. And here's a news alert. They ain't re-signing him. Why? What kind of player? Truly makes no sense. There's a lot of things that don't make sense to me. People are saying what the Cardinals did makes no sense. Makes perfect sense. If you're a Cardinals fan, I'm speaking to you, and I know that we've got a actually growing percentage of listeners in St. Louis. DavidSampsonPodcast.com order. You guys have had an amazing run. I think you've been below 500. This will be your second year this century or something. You've got multiple rings. You got to watch Albert Pujols in his prime. You've really done it. You have an MVP last year. You had a bad year. What your president of baseball operations is doing is trading guys who should be traded. Jordan Hicks, see you later. They may have offered him a long-term deal. Jordan Hicks, who throws a hundo, probably wants to be around Kenley Jansen, around Chapman. No, good teams do not give players those deals. Desperate teams do. Hi, my name's David. Feel good. Did they try to extend him? Maybe, but not anywhere near what Hicks would want. Did they try to extend Jack Flaherty? I would hope not. Great name, great past, not great present. He's a bottom of the rotation pitcher now. 
He's on the Orioles. Good trade for the Orioles, by the way. Those trades make sense to me. When it's not your year, it's not your year. What may not make sense is the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees are a team that I have spent, God, how many hours on this show talking about my frustration with them and their approach, telling you that they didn't have the pitching to get through October, telling them that their hitting was one-dimensional, wanting a ring so badly for my friend Giancarlo Stanton, not look at me, Louie, just a fact. I want Stanton to get a ring. It would be a topper to what I expect to be a Hall of Fame career, notwithstanding where he's hitting right now. But all of that said, the Yankees get criticized. They're the last team to do something, and then they added a reliever from the White Sox, Kenyon Middleton. Any relation to Chris Middleton? Probably not. The White Sox, by the way, traded everybody. Quite a disappointing team. I guess it wasn't La Russa. The Marlins picked up Jake Hamburger. Anyway, the New York Yankees do the same thing every year. They build a team. When they re-signed Aaron Judge, I said, why is everyone celebrating? Why is this the lead story? The Yankees didn't get better. The Yankees were not good enough to win a World Series last year. When you re-sign the same players and you overpay Carlos Rodon, what have you actually done? You haven't changed your lineup any. You still have Josh Donaldson playing, not anymore. What are we celebrating for? But the Yankees have a history. They don't like change. But in 2016, they traded Chapman when they weren't in it. Chapman won a ring, and then they re-signed him. Why would the Yankees not trade their pending free agents? Is it because they think they're going to make the playoffs? I guess they're only three and a half back. All they got to do is beat out the Angels. Oh, no. They got to beat out more than the Angels, don't they? Let's talk about that. The New York Yankees have to beat out the Red Sox. And then one of Tampa, Houston, or Toronto. That's all. Why is that going to be hard? Oh, and they're tied with Seattle. I think the Yankees realize that it's very likely they're not going to play in October. And when you've got that epiphany, make the moves. Be bold. Be willing to fly to where your team is playing. Channel some Steve Cohn or some Jerry Reinsdorf or some Bill DeWitt. Have the guts to acknowledge what your team is. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Are the Yankees not completely insane? Maybe it's me. One of the teams they're competing with, the AL East is something else. Well, we were just talking about this. Do you know that in the AL East, the worst team is 55 and 51? That's the Yankees. Do you know that in the AL East, I love this stat because it's so stupid, it's meaningless, but people say it. The team in last place in the AL East would be in first place in the AL Central. If my grandmother had four wheels, she'd be a bus. I don't know why my mother used to say that to me. What did my grandmother having wheels and being a bus have to do with the price of tea anywhere? Oh, do I need a Vegemite sandwich, Coca? I'm very, very hungry. I'm not used to 6 p.m. shows. So the Yankees are in last place. Why are we even talking about that? Oh, because the Red Sox. 
They're chasing the Red Sox a game back. People are so upset with Chaim Bloom. Chaim Bloom, their chief baseball officer. What are the Red Sox doing? He's under pressure. He's on the hot seat. So, of course, they made a small trade. I think they got Urias from the Brewers. And he had to meet the media. And he said, we were on the phone near constantly today. Well, let me tell you how the uh, trade deadline works. All 30 teams are on the phone all day. We had a very simple rule. We had a room full of people. And I told you there was pizza, there was uh, coffee, whatever there was. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of candy, a lot of those, uh, those peanut butter filled pretzels or pretzel filled peanut butter. Those little things that come in the container that you can just eat 10 at a time. God, do I miss that taste. Damn it. The rule is somebody's on the phone at all times. And that doesn't mean literally speaking because you can text. We want teams to be in contact with us and us to be in contact with them all day, period. East Coast, you start at nine. West Coast, you start at noon and you are on all day. So it's not really that noteworthy order. We're on the phone here constantly today. We really like what we're building. We've seen it now. Understanding we're underdogs, we just tried to stay true to that. We're ready to roll with this group. That's the message of a team that may be added at the margin, that wasn't quote going all in, wasn't really selling, wasn't really buying. That's the message you give to your team when there's not a lot of change. Hey guys, we love you, man. You guys are the group that can get us there. We believe in you and just you. What we're really saying is you didn't do enough to merit us adding to the payroll. So what we're going to say is we really just like you the way you are. Total Billy Joel. We love you just the way you are. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I wonder how the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim meeting's going. That's got to be fun. They all look around. Shohei, you're still here. So happy. We've got a chance now. We've been so successful with you since you got here. You're the best player in the game. Top pitcher, top hitter. We have kicked some serious arse with you. We are playoff juggernauts. Thank God we looked and you're still here. Pew. Lucas, welcome. What are the Angels doing? I said to you that they weren't trading Shohei Otani. I told you that last March. What's that, four months ago before the season even started? I said, of course, Artie Moreno's not going to do that. Who would want to be known as trading a future Hall of Famer? Who would ever do that? You'd have to be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. To... <laughs> Excuse me. One more time. Hi, my name's David. All right, I'm good. You'd have to be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to trade a future Hall of Famer. You'd have to really have a real problem. Ari Moreno was never going to be that guy. Three prospects, four prospects, five prospects. He's a rental. You go to Shohei Otani. That's what I would do. Hey, Shohei, do you want to be traded? If so, where? We'll try to help you out. But please consider us when you resign. We're going to offer you roughly $200 million less than Steve Cohn. But we are on the West Coast. And we did have a deal when you first came here that you would resign with us. But let's not bring that up because that's against the rules. I don't want to get in trouble. So when they're meeting their team, are they saying, look, we didn't trade the greatest player to ever play the game. Look at our front office, man. How cool are we? We're the best. That's not how that meeting goes. If you're the Angels, you call up Mike Trout and say, we need you. We need you with the team on the road now. We need you to be back. Shohei, I want you right now to express your love for Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I want to make sure that our fans understand that we were serious when we said we're not selling the team because we want to bring a World Series to these fans and we want to be the ones to do it. Don't forget when Moreno said that and he was full of absolute crap when he said it. He couldn't get the price he wanted because no one can figure out the TV situation. But I digress. But I want to get the players to buy in. I want to find my Lindor on the Angels. I want the Angels to be saying to anyone who will listen that we are not wasting two of the top five players in baseball and the best who should be the three-time MVP this year but will be two out of three, Meatloaf. It ain't bad. But I want that message out there, not just inside the clubhouse. I want it outside the clubhouse. I want everyone in the media, I want all fans to understand. Here's why we didn't trade Shohei Otani. I want the comment to be with approval. You've got to understand the respect issue with Shohei Otani. You've got to understand the cultural issue. You've got to understand what you need to do, how you need to act, how you need to talk, the way in which you contact players. It is important. Respecting. But you need to make it very clear that you are a team who is willing and understands what is required to win. And while we have not been successful since 2014, 
we believe in this team, the way it's currently constituted, that we wanted to add. We're not building for the future, we're building for now. And if we don't get it done this year, we're gonna get it done next year because we're gonna re-sign Shohei Otani. I want my fan base and I want my players to understand the plan. And I don't want it leaked by Scherzer. Order. I don't want it leaked by anybody. I want to control the narrative. And right now, what I'm hearing is crickets. Creek, 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 creek. Nothing. Am I missing anything, Coca? Did I, did I, did Artie Moreno say a word other than on July 26th, we're not trading Otani? Now it's nice. They made a trade with Colorado and it was actually outstanding. The trade with Colorado, they bring in Gritchick, they bring in CJ Crone. That's nice. I think they had a home run and a single and it's like trading for a pitcher who gets and save the first game and you're all excited. You think you made a good trade. Trade for a position player, they get a hit or an RBI and you're all happy. But it's supposed to be an example, not a one-day example. It's supposed to be a theme. One thing I was never able to do in my career is make it a theme that would stick because we were up, we were down, we were going left, right, like we were in the middle of a fight with Tyson in his prime trying to duck and cover and be Buster Douglas. God, that may be an old reference. But what fans want, what players want, what your sponsors want to do business, consistency. And I don't mean consistent losing, consistent winning. And for the Angels to do it, they needed to not trade Shohei. They need to re-sign him. They need to make trades like they made to get Giolito. They need to be back in the free agency market. They need to get that payroll up, which they're going to need to do to keep Otani. And the way they're acting now, it indicates to me that's their plan. If the Angels plan is not to re-sign Otani and they didn't trade him, that's very, very bad. Very, very bad. Because the odds of the Angels making the playoffs, not great. They're not good enough. They're certainly not good enough to get out of the American League and get a ring while anything can happen in October. NGTH, not going to happen. Is that really possible that's what happened? Can we also talk about the Padres? I find it to be uh, amazing, actually, that the Mets have the number one payroll in baseball, not going to make the playoffs. Yankees have the number two payroll in baseball, unlikely to make the playoffs. Padres, number three payroll in baseball, unlikely to make the playoffs. Now, grant you, Blake Snell, pending free agent, you're not going to sell. If you're A.J. Preller and you've built this team and your owner, Peter Seidler, has been out front saying how great we are, we won the offseason, here we go, and then your team underperforms, you got Machado signed for forever, you got to worry about Juan Soto, you got Josh Hader, pending free agent, you have Soto for one more year, the clubhouse has been a disaster, Tatis is signed long-term, there's issues everywhere with the Padres and you think they weren't gonna double down? Come on, of course they were. Acquiring Rich Hill, G-Man Choi, marginal. The story of the Padres is they didn't sell when they should have. And this is a guy, AJ Preller, who in the past has signed all these guys and then traded them away when it didn't work. What's different? 
They've got all these guys now. And guess what? It ain't working. You need to change it. Are they going to overpay five and dive Blake Snell, who's having a great run? Don't forget Marcus Stroman. Remember that name? Marcus Stroman said, I can't believe the Cubs aren't re-signing me. They ought to be resigning me right now. He was in the middle of the hottest stretch of his entire career. Sign me right now at my height. What do you think? The Cubs were born on a turnip truck yesterday? Marcus Stroman was the worst pitcher in baseball in July. Literally. I shouldn't say literally. I don't have the list. Damn close. Why was I even talking about the Cubs? Oh, because Stroman had three consecutive games allowing at least five runs. That's the longest streak in his career. Over his last seven starts, he's given up a total of 30 earned runs and in 30 innings. The Cubs are on the fringe of the playoffs. Why was I even talking about that? What's happening to me, Coca? David Sampson. Oh, we were talking about the Padres. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. We're live. Let me do that better. 4869. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. Check out the website. We've got a merch store. Enjoy it order tell your friends we are live every day monday to friday at 8 a.m we come to you even when we're on vacation we do shows because we want to have something for you i think we were gone 11 days and we gave you 10 shows and you give us more than we give you and we appreciate you more than you know please know that we will be back tomorrow tomorrow will be a show we're gonna have a pick we're gonna have a review Yes, I did watch a movie every single day on my trip because that's what I do. I also started a TV show. Coke, I did not tell you the movies that I watched, but you're going to know when I put them in the rundown for reviews. But I started watching a show, and I'm going to, spoiler alert, I started watching House of Cards. It's really, really good. I can't stop, won't stop, can't sleep, watching episodes all night, time difference, jet lag, whatever it is. But we'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m., more trades will be announced. Stuff will be announced. I think since we started this show, the Marlins made like 12 trades, which is great. They finally got rid of Gene Segura. Well done. My view is that teams who won the deadline, you're going to see a lot of lists. I'm not doing one. Winners and losers of the deadline. Clickbait. Let me tell you why I don't do it. Tell me who had the Braves winning the deadline in 2019. Tell me. And those players, Rosario, Soler, Duval, helped them win a ring. We don't know who won the deadline. We don't know who lost the deadline. Are the prospects the Mets got great? Or are they maybe in a Miller? Are the depth pieces that were acquired by teams difference makers come playoff time? We don't know. Don't fall for the lists. Tomorrow will be my top five winners and losers of the deadline. No, I'm just kidding. Tomorrow at 8 a.m., we'll be back though. And remember, even on a day when there's a deadline and your team may be disappointing you or making you excited, in the front office, most of them are looking left and looking right and saying, eh, it's just business. Sorry you got traded. This is nothing personal. Thank <laughs> you.